temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. It is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hola, I'm Dan Day, and on your way, plenty of the Joe Rose Show talking to the man over there at the U, Greg Russo. That dude is having himself a season. Also, Dan, the man, Levitard, he's still on break, but the rest of his team getting it done. Diana Rossini joining the team. They are also going to be interviewing Mina Kimes, so that is going to be a hot one right there. Plus, Stephen A. Smith, he's not in today, but Dan Grassa, he's got you covered with some LSU-Alabama coverage, which has me very excited because I'm an LSU alum. But right now, let's do some headlines. Colts QB Jacoby Brissett hopes to play Sunday against the Dolphins but remains questionable with a bad knee. Kickoff from Indy is at 1. Tonight in the NFL, it's the Raiders and the Chargers. They're going to square off at 8:20. It's a battle of 5 and 2 teams tonight as the Heat take on the Suns in Phoenix. Tip is at 9. The Panthers play one of the league's best, the Capitals tonight at the BB&T. Puck drops at 7. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe. Tight end Brevin Knight remains questionable for the Canes game Saturday against Louisville. Kickoff from Hard Rock Stadium is at 3.30. NCAA football continues tonight with Louisiana Lafayette, a.k.a. Ulala, facing Coastal Carolina at 7.30. Then it's Temple and USF at 8. The Canes basketball team is back in action tomorrow night at the Watsco Center against FAU at 7. Miami's baseball team has released its 2020 schedule. They open February 14th with a three-game series against Rutgers. And now, let's take a step into the day spot. <sighs> A 300-pound statue of Bigfoot has been stolen from the front of Mattress Monsters in Boynton Beach. If anyone has information on the missing Sasquatch, help! A mini horse named Bart recently took a ride on a San Francisco area mass transit train. Okay, no one feed that mini horse beans. Now on to weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast is cloudy with temperatures around 80. Win a brand new $45,000 Mercedes-Benz at Hylia Park Casino. Get free entries every Saturday and earn more entries, plane slots, every day now through November 30th. Grand prize giveaway Saturday, November 30th. Joe Rose Show caught up with a guy who is all over the field when the U plays, especially on the defensive end. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did some stuff on the offense. Greg Russo talked about the fun he had against FSU this past weekend. Dreams of at one point being a wide receiver. Miami, that's where it's at. Legendary season that he is having. His high school days. And then a look ahead to Louisville. Canes defensive lineman Greg Rousseau joins us right now. Greg, good morning. Welcome to the show, buddy. Uh, good morning. How you doing? Man, we're doing great. Hey, Greg, uh, length, quickness, effort. Man, we're hearing all kinds of things. This is what happens when you have three sacks in one game and four in another. It's got to be fun, man. And to have a game like that against Florida State, eight tackles, five tackles for loss yeah. and four sacks. One, one of the great games against Florida State for a UM guy. How, how much fun was that? It was a lot of fun just being out there um, with those dudes on defense, like everybody just eating and getting after it. It was really a blessing. Like, I just love the way we played. 
Greg, Doe Campbell Stadium with the Tomahawk Chop. You, I guess you didn't. I guess you heard it, but you didn't hear it that much because you guys are playing so well. I know it gets to a lot of guys out there, but it must have been nice hearing that and still being able to uh, kind of beat up on Florida State while you're up there. It was probably my best uh, college experience like, in the game so far, for sure. Hey, Greg, I want to ask you, man. I, I was looking at highlights last night. I go, I got to go back and watch him in his high school. Because a lot of people know it's a small high school, but you guys win championships, you win a lot of games. And I see this real skinny cat on the outside catching passes, running down the sideline. Was there ever a part of you that said, I'm going to be a 6'6", 200-pound wide receiver? Did you ever want to do that, or did you know you are going to end up being a defensive end? I'd say, like, when I was a freshman and a sophomore, I was like, yeah, I could play this receiver stuff. Then, like, Coach uh, Diaz was talking to me about being in that, and, like, it made sense because I knew I could grow into my frame better at a defensive end because I'd be able to add some weight, and it really helped me out. So so I knew it would be a good move, but I, I didn't want to play receiver uh, at a time. I see why. You jumping all over all those guys in the end zone, all those 5'10 guys trying to catch up to you, man. That that had to be a blast. Exactly. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, I got to ask you. So, how much have you gained? I've heard all these different weights since high school, and where are you now? How, how much have you gained since that time? Probably about like 33 pounds. Wow. 33 pounds. Wow. wow. Uh, yeah. Did everybody talk to you about being a defensive end? I know Manny Diaz always said he looked at that body and he said, oh, my God, this, this guy, when it's all said and done, is going to be a defensive end. Did anybody else recruit you at different positions? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I had some offers to be an athlete. I had a few smaller schools to be like a receiver, like like still power five schools, but smaller schools. Yeah. Like NC State, stuff like that. And then, uh, but Miami, that, that was where it's at. And once those DAs started talking to me, it was over with. Greg, you always sounded like, for me, when, when everything was going on in the off season, you looked like uh, you were all in. I mean, no, no matter what was going on at the U, you were like, no, 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 I, I want to be, don't, don't call me, I already made my commitment. Did you feel that way, that you were all in on going to the U? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Once I committed, I didn't take any official visits. I didn't really give any other schools any time of day. I knew I was coming here. Greg, we got to get about 25 of you every year. Oh, yeah, that's about to say. That would be nice if we could do that. Uh, Greg, how frustrating frustrating was last season for you? You know, you're not being able to get on the field, not being able to play as much as you wanted to, not being able to just be you out there. How frustrating was last season for you? It was definitely tough at first. Like, it was real tough, actually, when I first got hurt. I couldn't believe it. But then, like, I just, like, prayed. I realized that everything happened for a reason. God isn't making mistakes. I took my rehab really seriously. I worked hard in the weight room, like, the whole season. I put on a couple more pounds. And then I took a lot of mental reps, like, in meetings and watching um, Joe Jackson and Jonathan Garvin. I learned a lot from them, for sure. And I'm still learning from uh, Jonathan Garvin, who's, who's really a great dude, a great player and a great person. But, yeah, I really just sat back and just, and just learned a lot during that um, that season. Want to ask you uh, about your relationship? Somebody's just telling me: Are you able to talk to Calais Campbell? You ever pick up the phone, or does he ever call you? You guys ever talk about that defensive line stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. We be um, like texting on social media every now and then. He's a cool dude for sure. He's a he's a badass too, isn't he? I mean, I'm, 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 I man can play yeah. at 300 pounds. Yeah. He can flat out get. D- d- does he ever yeah, he talk? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. No, no question about it. The, the other thing is, you ever look at uh, the numbers and realize, wow. I'm second in the nation in sacks right now behind Chase Young. Have you have you had a chance yeah. to just kind of look at that a little bit, or are you staying away from it? I, I actually can't stay away from it. I'm like, I'm aware of it. I look at it, I'm like, man, like, that's changing the blessing. But also, I give a lot of credit to my secondary because those dudes are always holding it down and making QB had to scramble. And also, my other uh, 
the other D linemen who are on the field with me, they're always they're always flushing the quarterback to my side or holding yeah. their side down so the quarterback can't escape. It's really just like a, a group effort. It's like a testament to like this how we play as a defense. Even though I have all the sacks, like all those dudes, man, they're real hungry. They deserve some credit too. Our stat man for uh, the radio broadcast already said you're tied for fourth most in a single season of Miami history, and you still have a couple games yeah. le- left this year, which is incredible to me. But more than that, let me get to the important question. I've read that you have gotten some interesting nicknames on campus since you got there. Groot, yeah. Inspector Gadget, Elastic Man. Yeah. Have, do you have a favorite? <laughs> you have a favorite of one of these? Because I don't like when someone gives themselves their own nickname, but it looks like you've been kind of uh, showered with nicknames since you got there. What's your favorite of, the, of all of them so far? <laughs> See, I kind of like Groot. That one kind of sticks. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny that they called you tall guy, lengthy yeah. guy. Even Manny yeah. Diaz just talked about how you could big boy somebody with your long arms. So that's kind of funny. So Groot's the nickname. I just want to make sure I got the right nickname for you. I liked Inspector Gadget, too, because your arms go out. And Elastic Man's not bad. Yeah, I, I like that one, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one too. You have some good ones. You don't have any crazy ones. You have some good ones. Well done by you. He, he's going, yeah, you know, that's not a bad right, one either. Right. Uh, so, so what is it more, length, the quickness, the effort that we heard Manny Diaz talk about? What is it to being a good pass rusher? And I know you're playing with some other guys who are pretty darn good too, but what would you say is number one for you? I think the, uh, the length really helps me out. Definitely like diving for tackles, but also, like what Diaz said, really the effort and just running to the ball and not giving up on the play. Like if you lose your rush, just keep on working hard. Because you know, you're not going to just win every single rush. As long as, you, as long as you keep on pushing, just keep running, keep chasing the ball, like good things will happen. I, I was so glad you said that because uh, I, I remember all our, our good pass rushers that we've ever had. They've always said, listen, man, a lot of them I fall into because the guys on the other side get there and yeah. they take off towards me. It really is a group effort, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It really is. How did that little school, what is it, Champagne Yacht? Is that the, you, you went there. Tell me about that yeah. little school. How do you guys win all those championships all the time? What's going on down there? I mean, we're just really, like, we're hungry over there. We're, the kids over there, they're so humble, and they're really great kids. And we just, we work so hard. We don't have, like, a field by our school. Uh, we don't have uh, um, a locker room, none of that. Like, the school is real small. It's really, like, it's really, really, really small. There's only a few classrooms. But all of them, we just get after every single day. We compete at a high level. We know we don't have everything that those other schools have, so we feel like we have something to prove when we yeah. step on that field. And that's what I think makes us uh, makes that school so great. And they're, doing, they're having a great year this year, too. I think they're going to do a face game. Yeah, it's one of those schools that we always go in. Oh, by the way, that other school down there won another championship. Uh, in Hialeah, too. Yeah, right yeah there. no, that's and they've had also. some great players come out of there. They've had a lot of really, really good players. Uh, were you ever close to going to any other school besides the U, or were you all like, no, nah, I live down here. Family, I want to go there. I'm going to the U. I was pretty locked in on the U. It was once Coach Diaz started talking to me, it was, it was over with. Hey, it's got to be cool, too, playing huh, with family around. How, how much fun is that when you can steal, you're close enough to go home if you ever get the itch to go home? That's got to be yeah, fun. Yeah, that's, that's really a blessing. Like, just like little things, like just being able to go home on Thanksgiving, like just for a day and come back, like it's, it's amazing. You can't do that when you're like when you're eight hours away. You can't. Greg, that's a message we got to send to all these kids that's now, right. man. Stay you just close. You just hit the yeah, recruiting tool right there. Dave Brown and Palm Beach, listen up this morning. <laughs> Greg says, nice to go home, exactly. man, and then get a nice meal and then come back if you need to get off campus. That's, Greg. I've been be telling them. <laughs> <laughs> tell you got to keep on the recruiting trail. Greg. You and I got to recruit yeah. together this offseason, right, man. That's right. We got to do right. some of that. 
You got you got Louisville this got weekend. You. you got Louisville this weekend. It's senior day. It's homecoming. I know that you got a couple seniors in that in the defensive meetings. Shaq and Pickney with you also. You've been with them for a little over a year now, or almost two years. What do those two guys yeah. mean to this defense and this team, and and just the University of Miami? Uh, they mean everything. They mean everything. Those that's, those are like our rocks in the middle. They just they they hold everything down. When we're practicing. They keep us to a, a high standard. Uh, they've been leaders since I got here. They've always guided me and helped me out with little things. I'm really going to miss them, but they really mean everything to this program. Hey, Greg, before we let you go, who's your go-to guy when you need to talk to somebody on the team or, or a former player? You, you got somebody that's been really good for you, a mentor, to kind of help you out? Probably Garvin and then uh, Nesta. Me and Nesta talk a lot. Greg, hey, it's been really nice having you. We really appreciate you getting up early in the morning like this. Spend a little bit of time, man. <laughs> Stay healthy and keep it going. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. I really appreciate Feeling high on the Canes after that big win against FSU. Always been high on Greg Russo. That guy has showed up every second of every game he's played in this year. And hopefully we keep those high feelings going. Of course, sports speaking, of course, you know what I mean. When they play Louisville this weekend, kickoff at 3.30 from Hard Rock Stadium. We'll have the pregame, the postgame, the whole game right here on 560 The Joe. Up next, Dan's the word. I'm Dan Day, but Dan Lebitard will hear from on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome, it's the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hope you're doing well this Thursday. I'm Dan Day. Give me a follow at Dan Day Radio on Twitter. Always some interesting stuff. Insight to the day spa. Let you know where I'll be doing trivia like tonight, Thursday nights at around 7.30. I go up to Dania Beach and I host trivia right there at Historic Dockers on Dixie Highway. That's going to be fun. It's always fun with the Dan Lebitard Show. Dan's supposed to be returning on Monday. We'll have to wait and see. In the meantime, the rest of the crew is having some fun. My girl, Diana Rossini, has joined him. And then, to make it even more fun, they got in touch with Mina Kimes. What were they talking about? B-list weddings, hockey dentists, and Lamar Jackson parallels. Shocked to discover I'm in part of the B-list wedding, not right? the A-list wedding. Wait, yeah. so, so, right. Okay, now what we're getting some awakening. That's the reason I wanted to have Simmons on, because I want to see if Simmons is coming in this weekend or next weekend. If Mike, now, uh, I know no you were wondering. No way he's first weekend. No way. <laughs> you don't think you, Bill is first week? I think Bill is first weekend. I no, do. Yeah. No. If Dan Patrick sets the standard for first weekend, then, I mean, I feel like Bill fits that. How many people oh, from ESPN you think are going to be there to the A wedding? <sighs> not many. Like if we Not were to go today. through at the top of our heads, are, I mean, are, are we? If there is an A and B wedding, are we certain the uh, Dan Patrick one is the A wedding? Oh, oh right, yes. yes. Why? That's, He's getting the band. You guys are getting the. IPod. I feel like we're closer to Dan than Dan yeah, Patrick. No. If not, then everything that I've lived over the last fifteen years <laughs> is a lot. I, I'm starting to get nervous. I got to be honest. I I think Dan Patrick is way closer to Dan than we are, Mike. I think I don't think Dan can speak openly and freely at an ESPN filled wedding. I think he can with people who don't work at ESPN. Therefore, Dan Patrick is going to the more fun way. You're going to have to clarify which Dan. Sorry. <laughs> Levitard. <laughs> I think it applies to both. This, you know what this is like? It's like on uh, those singing shows when they put groups of people into different rooms and you find out whether you're in the good room that gets to progress or not. We're all going to show up and look around and just kind of like side-eye and have an immediate realization, oh, I'm in the bad wedding. I'm going to have two you? outs. One, if I find out it's the good wedding, I'll keep it on. If I feel 
like we're in the bad wedding. I'm, I'm switching. I'll tell you what. If I'm in the bad wedding, I'm not going. Okay. <laughs> who are you, oh, Mina? Who would you see bucks. at the wedding <laughs> that you would know it was the B wedding? That's a great question, Diana. Um, well, the reason I think I'm at the good wedding, and I've oh. put a lot of thought into this, or right. the A-list wedding, if yeah. you will, is because Pablo is the same is at my wedding, and Dan is really close with Pablo. Right. Really he close. is. He is very close. Uh, so you're you're not this weekend. You're next weekend, right? Pablo. Next. Yeah. <laughs> I think Pablo's I like the type of outfit strategy. Both, yes. Uh, it's the B wedding, just so you know. Right. Mina. I mean, I'm just telling you now. We are we we've all been invited to the B wedding. <laughs> Terrible. I mean, I wish we could have Dan on. I I don't know where he is. I've spoken to him in six. Weeks. I feel like the B wedding's good though because A wedding's probably like black tie tuxedo, where B wedding's like more casual. Just well, now how formal. do I know? Right. How do I, it's like what is Wear this? I feel like I. It's like how when Cam Newton shows up to his post game presser in a you know ridiculous outfit, people say, "Well, you should have brought a losing outfit." And I was like, <laughs> to this wedding. I'm not wearing my foxtail. Wait, uh, Fat Chris, your dad, I think your dad is as close with Dan as anybody. Seriously, I'm including Dan Patrick here. I think think Dan considers your dad to be one of his best friends. Is your dad going this weekend or next weekend? Do you know? Next weekend. Okay, wow. Yeah, you think if there is a secret Um, wedding, he'd tell Greg No, that's the thing. If Greg Cody's invited to the actual wedding, he's just going to get an address like day of, like be here in an hour. Yeah, so ESPN Daily uh, is on yeah, sorry about that. No, 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 no. I mean, we're, we're all thinking the same thing. Where do we stand in Dan's life? Yeah. I mean. Everyone's so emotional here. I'm glad I'm not invited to anything. Oh Anyone gosh. needs a date? Dan, um, this is how, Diana, this is how Dan does it, right? It's like, like I mentioned the reality show. It really is like you, you're constantly like, where am I in the, the you know, ecosystem? Yep. And, and this is how you find out. You're right. I mean, listen, I've been sitting next to him for 16 years doing this radio show, and I'm still wondering every day where I sit with Dan. I know. I haven't gotten like a 4 a.m. text from him in months. Well, I'm it's sitting in a, a studio and I've never met him. So I think I should just go to the A-Wedding. Yeah, you should. Just, you just walk right just in. Just crash it, yes. So, like, what's up? Wedding crashers. Thanks for letting me fill in all these weeks. Dude's thing- been holding it down on the Lazy River. Uh, One funny. thing we can all agree is that Amin's not going brand. to any of these weddings. Uh, no. no. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, maybe not invited, but he's definitely crash, going. crash, yeah. To all of them. He's yeah. in with the band. So tell us about the daily. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, today's episode is it, it is really fun. It's about hockey dentists and how apparently every team has a dentist at the rink at all times because I guess 90% of hockey players have lost their teeth and experienced gruesome, you know, puck to mouth injuries. But being a hockey dentist is apparently like a really prestigious job for a dentist, right? It's like being a Navy SEAL. Like all the other dentists are very envious of you. And you get a Stanley Cup ring or trophy. Oh. Or, yeah, ring. Uh-huh. Wow. Right, right, yeah, if you win. Wow. You don't get a scaled yeah. down ring, you get an actual just like the player's ring? Well, I mean, like, like a mini ring? From talking to the dentist, what was the grossest thing he's... Uh, they had a really nasty story. I mean, so they, they, they have to take molds of every player's teeth before the season because they lose so many. And, like, there was one, like, an incident in Belarus where a guy just lost, like, it was like piano keys, you know, where, like, in the cartoon where all the teeth come out oh, at yeah. once. I'm not grossed out by this stuff. Some people were really... I'm getting seeing replies on Twitter. Really afraid of dentists. I'm not afraid of dentists at all. Is that weird? Uh, yeah, I hate the dentist. Everyone hates the yeah, dentist. Yeah, have you? Do you have you? Do you have a cavity? I, mean, I don't love the dentist, but you have good oral know. hygiene. You probably don't have bad experiences at the dentist, yeah. right? Mm, maybe that's it. Yeah, I have really small teeth, also like little chiclets. So, oh, so it can't possibly hurt. That weighs into it. Um, by the way, another story I wanted to talk to you guys about, or I guess draw Stu's attention to in particular, was there's a Ra- a Baltimore Sun reporter did a thing about how the Ravens are all on cameo. You guys know about cameo. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've been trying to get yeah. on it for years. Yeah. You're not on it. Uh, are you? I'm not on it. 
Okay. No, no, I've asked ESPN for approval. They have. Uh, I, I'm still waiting for a response. <laughs> well, you can get Lamar Jackson saying Mazel Tov for your bar mitzvah for two hundred dollars. Apparently, there's a video online. It's oh, quite delightful. Okay, and you're on it. I'm not. Should I be on it? I can't believe Stu's not on it. Well, no, I, I don't. I don't know. I want to be on it. Trust me. I want to be. There's money to be made there. I want to be on it. I have asked ESPN if I can be on it, and I'm still waiting for them to get back to me. Stu, yes. where would you draw the line? Because people are putting in requests. Right for you to. I mean, usually it's like anodyne stuff, like happy anniversary, Mazel right. Tov. But like, would you draw the line at saying something? I don't know, evil or upsetting, or like bullying somebody. Maybe a good way to break up with someone would be uh, having Sue be like, right, I don't right. like you anymore. Uh, it depends. Like, give me a dollar amount. I mean, <laughs> five hundred dollars to break up with someone's girlfriend over cameo. Done. I have no line, Mina, for five hundred dollars. <laughs> Nothing. You would do anything. Yes, I, yes, I would. Mina, you How, you you, were, you mentioned the Ravens and. I realized I never reached out to you this past week. Um, I'd covered the Ravens and Patriots or the Ravens and Patriots on Sunday night after Lamar just tore them up. I never even asked you what you thought of him being able to have basically no issue with the Patriots defense. What what, what was your takeaway? Yeah, it was fun because all week, Diana, like all the football nerds were speculating about what Patriots defense would do. Like, who's going to spy? Are they going to have a tight front? Are they going to do a bare front? Like, whatnot. He kind of did everything and none of it worked. And I was titillated, I think is the right word. But then my secondary reaction reaction was, oh no, this isn't going to happen twice, right? Like, there's no way this happens again in the playoffs. So... It was exciting, like momentarily, to see what he did, but I can't imagine Bill Belichick's going to let him do it again. Here's what has bothered me so much from from all the nerds at our network that are talking about it. Everyone is acting like this is, uh, you know, sort of a revolutionized offense now with Lamar Jackson, but we've seen it before. Why are we all yeah. acting like we've never seen it? It's just it's been a while, right. we've, but we've had mobile quarterbacks in the league for years and years. And obviously, you know, we heard tons of uh, narrative coming out of that game that that 2012 game with Kaepernick and Greg, Greg yeah. Roman was, you know, the blueprint for how the Patriots were. Supposed to study and prepare. They obviously did that, but it, they still weren't able to figure him out. I just think it's odd that we keep acting like Lamar is that unique. Is he good? Yeah, but we've seen it before. There's definitely parallels. I, and I, Nate Tice is a friend of mine. Post on Twitter, Diana, side by side of a Kaepernick play, literally the exact same play Lamar ran in this game. Um, there's a slight difference, which is why you know it's 2019. There's some uh, dressing up. There's like some motions before, which you didn't see as much back then. But ultimately, it's the same run motion out of a heavy set. It's really cool. I would say the one difference is he's faster than Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's the only analog for him, honestly, that I've seen in my lifetime is Michael Vick. Mobile quarterbacks sure are exciting, and you got to get excited for the Dan Levitard Show weekdays right here on 560 The Joe from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can download the podcast for this show or any of the shows that you hear on this radio station, wherever you get your podcasts for absolutely free, for free at the radio.com app, and for free at our website, wqam.com. Optimal word, free. Up next, got some free Stephen A. Smith. Even though it's not Stephen A. Smith, it's Dan Gracia sitting in for him on the Best of the Joe Show. Oh, yes, it is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and if I sound very excited, it's because I am Saturday, Game of the Century, LSU, Alabama, Stephen A. Smith on vacation, but Dan Gracia diving deep into that big rivalry, talking about Tua's health. All eyes on the LSU. Oh, loser could actually be the winner in that game. And college football rankings being crap. Start here with some college football because, yeah, I know that it's only Thursday and we're still a couple of days away. But, yes, we are just about 48 hours or so away from the game of the year between Alabama and between LSU 
two against three, Bryant-Denny Stadium, it promises to be a bash, and there's a lot at stake in this game. Normally, every time LSU and Alabama cross paths in the last couple of years, you know that it means something. You know that there's a lot of postseason implications here for this game, and this promises to live up to the hype. At least we hope it does. And first and foremost, before you think about this game and where it could potentially be heading, you have to, of course, get a little bit of clarity on the status of Tua Tungavailoa and how that ankle is going to respond. How healthy is he going to be? He's probably going to take the field. He'll probably be out there on Saturday, but he's also probably not going to be 100%. He's only had three weeks of rest. So to expect anybody to come back from that type of an injury, and remember, when you saw the injury take place, you kind of thought that it was going to be significant enough to where it was going to sideline him for a prolonged period of time. Now, fortunately enough for Alabama, the schedule kind of worked into their favor because they had Arkansas on there who's no good. They had the bye week. So it allowed him a little bit of affordability to get that thing as healthy as possible, not have to rush him back out onto that field. Because let's be honest, if the following week the game was against LSU, he's probably not playing. And if you're Nick Saban, you got to throw Mac Jones out there and you hope for the best. So at least two is going to be able to go out there and play. And remember, this is something that he was dealing with last year in the time between the SEC championship game and the college football playoff. There he had about a month to be able to get that thing back to 100%. And he even said it really wasn't quite 100% healed. So now how is that going to be different with just three weeks as opposed to a month? And even though you have this player who could do so much when healthy, the fact that he's compromised a little bit, I think that it's going to be incumbent upon Alabama in this game to be able to run the football. You know, you have to be able to at least take something off of his plate as to what you're going to ask this quarterback to do. And we know that he's a a, a phenomenal talent. And we know that he is arguably the best player in college football. But if he's not 100%, you need these other guys to be able to rely on. That's going to make their job that much easier. And I know the Alabama defense is maybe not what we're used to seeing over the last few years under Nick Saban. You know, this is not peak Bama defense since Saban's been in Tuscaloosa. You know, where it seems like each year when the NFL draft rolls around, you got like three, four guys who are first round picks all coming from Alabama. This isn't the team. They're still good, but they're not dominant good. But can this Alabama defense get some pressure on Joe Burrow? Because I think they have to do that if they're going to win this football game. You know, Alabama's defense has not faced an offense like this LSU unit. And you know, when was the last time we sat here and talked about an LSU-Alabama game where all eyes were on the LSU offense? Because that's how good they've been this year. Joe Burrow's putting himself in Heisman Trophy contention. Putting himself maybe as a top draft pick in the National Football League. Joe Brady, their passing game coordinator. All of a sudden, he's one of the hottest coaching candidates in all of America. But this game is way bigger for LSU and Ed Orgeron than it is for Alabama and for Nick Saban. I think that goes without saying. You're Alabama, you've been down this road. Not saying they don't want to win, not saying that they don't have eyes on a national championship. LSU needs this game. Okay, there's a reason, among others, why Les Miles is coaching at Kansas right now, and he's still not out there eating grass at LSU. Because he couldn't beat Alabama towards the tail end of his coaching career. That's why. Okay, that's why Ed Orgeron is here right now. And you have to beat Alabama. You want to coach this team? It's all about winning national championships, SEC championships. Do that, you got to beat Alabama. This is a huge game for the Tigers. Huge. And Alabama's had their number. It's no secret. They've won eight straight in this rivalry. Okay, and they've done it pretty convincingly. By about an average of two touchdowns a game. It's been one-sided. Doesn't matter how many guys LSU sends the NFL. Alabama has had their number. I mean, shoot, you gotta go all the way back to 2010, the last time LSU even put up 20 points in one of these games. But now they have an offense that is capable. And you know what? Alabama's got a group of receivers who might be the best in the country. That, I think, is gonna be a pivotal matchup in this game. The best
Alabama passing attack versus that LSU defense and their secondary. Two great units squaring off. A ton of storylines in this game. And you know, as is the case in college football nowadays, the loser is not out. They really aren't. Because the way things could potentially stack up here, it might behoove you to be a loser in the long run. Like, if you lose the game, you're going to be upset. You're not going to like it. Yeah, I get all those things. But then once the dust settles and you take a step back and you look at things the next day, you say to yourself, you know what? Maybe things aren't all that bad. Like, let's just say you take care of your business the rest of the season and you go 11 and 1. You go 11 and 1. You're not going to be in the SEC championship game. So then you don't have to potentially face a team like Georgia, which could very easily deal you a second loss, which would then get you knocked out of the mix. I think you have a lot to play for still, and you could still get into that top four, even if you lose this game. Think about it. LSU, if they're one blemish this year, is going to be Alabama. And they go 11 and 1 at the end of the season. They've got wins against Texas on the road, Auburn, Florida. And then if their lone defeat is going to be to the Crimson Tide, who, when it's all said and done, might be the best team in the country. We don't know. But you mean that if you're the college football playoff committee, you're going to sit there and automatically just erase LSU's name from the board because they lost to Alabama? No way. And I think the same thing applies with Alabama. We had years already where Alabama ended up as national champions and they did not even play in the SEC conference championship game. So it's not exactly like it's a life or death situation or an elimination game here this Saturday. Yes, it's important. Yes, you want to win the game, no doubt. But the loser still has a heck of a lot at stake for the remainder of this season. Keep that in mind. And as far as the college football playoff rankings go, I know there were a couple of days after it. Look, I think it's great. I think it's great entertainment. It's great theater. But the rankings on November the 5th mean next to nothing. They really and truly do. I understand here at ESPN, they invest a lot in college football, and rightfully so, and they do an outstanding job with it. Outstanding. But these weekly rankings, once they're thrown out there more than anything else, they're made for TV productions. That's all they are. They send the rankings to ESPN. The guys go up there and they say, well, Ohio State's not Number one, LSU's two, Bama three, Penn State's four. Clemson, who's a national champion and hasn't lost a game this year, they're not quite good enough yet. They're on the outside looking in. So that essentially is just going to get the Clemson fans all in an uproar. How can you disrespect us? How are we not in the top four? We're the defending champs. You should show us more respect than that, blah, 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 blah. And then if things stay status quo, you're going to see the following week. And then you're going to see maybe a little bit of change in the rankings. And then a new fan base is going to have enough to be agitated about. That's how this thing works. And it keeps people coming back for more and more and more. And that's why college football and sports in general is so addicting, but specifically with these rankings. Because again, the only rankings that matter, duh, are the last ones. That is it. If you take care of your business on the field and you go out there and you win your games, you're going to be sitting pretty in that top four on that selection Sunday in December. And I'll tell you right now, if you're LSU, if you're Alabama, Clemson, Penn, whoever, it might be a blessing for you that you're not ranked number one right now because none of the teams in the history of the college football playoff, and what is this, year six? None of the teams that were originally ranked number one in the first installment of the rankings, like Ohio State is right now, has ever gone on to win the national championship. So if we're playing by those rules, you know what? Eliminate Ohio State right now. Throw them out the door. Don't worry about them. But I think they got it right. I think this committee right here right now for... 
The first week of November, this is the way it should be. And I'll start with Clemson here. Clemson, you know what? Your best win right now is a three-loss Texas A&M team. You struggled, life or death, to beat UNC. You play in a conference, which, let's be real, is not very good. Okay, the ACC, yes, I know that it's a power five, but my goodness, it leaves a lot to be desired. But if Clemson wins out, they're going to be in the top four. Okay, Alabama and LSU are playing each other on Saturday, as you well know. Penn State and Ohio State, they still have to play each other as well. So two of those four teams that are in the top four right now are all going to have a loss on their ledger. But then you could sit there and say, well, wait a second. Why are you even giving Alabama the benefit of the doubt right now? Even at number three, because isn't Alabama's best win right now? Texas A&M, right? So if you're sitting here telling me that was the best win that Clemson had and they're the defending champs, but it's also the best win that Alabama had and you got Alabama not one but two spots ahead of the Tigers, then how was that fair? No rhyme or reason on November the 5th. None. But like I said, a lot can happen here over the next few weeks, starting with this Saturday with LSU and with Alabama. And maybe we'll get some more information when we reconvene again tomorrow about Tua Tungavailoa, how he's holding up, how the ankle is faring. I mean, they're not going to come clean and tell you that he's what percentage he's at or anything like that, because they're not going to want to use that as an excuse if they don't go out there and play well. But he's going to play. He's going to gut it out. And if you suit up, if you're well enough to go out there and take the field, they expect you to give your best. And I'm sure that that's how Nick Saban is approaching it. That's, I'm sure, what Ed Orgeron is telling his guys with LSU. And that's the bottom line. And if he was injured enough and he couldn't play, then he wouldn't be out there. That is it. Not going to lie, I'm already having some sleepless nights for this LSU-Alabama game. One versus two. I did graduate from LSU. Going to be a lot of drunk Cajuns in South Louisiana and probably a lot of them over there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, tailgating, watching, hopefully celebrating the LSU victory. Like I said, I'm biased. I graduated from LSU and originally from New Orleans. So let's just hope the Tigers win. And if you have money on the Tigers, uh, you know, I hope you win. I really, really hope you win. You always win when you listen to the Best of the Joe Show. Weeknights from 6 to 7. I am Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. And give me a listen tomorrow night at 6 because I am getting out of here. Till next time, this is the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.